it's amazing what telling the truth does. Like I, I have ne- to this day, I am still like in awe of one conversation. You tell the truth, no matter how it goes, but what it changes, it's like a, you know, if you ever played Pac-Man, it's like you eat the super thingy, right? Like that ball of energy. It, it changes the course of history, right? Going back, and, and telling the truth, even apologizing for something, even whether they forgive you or not, what that does, like, you know, it's in AA, it's making amends, but like doing it for your own life, for the correction of who you are and that everyone mattered or that past mattered. So I, I did the, the ultimate walk of shame, uh, you know, so how I was a liar, honestly, everyone brace yourself. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. We're here with you each week bringing you a brand new show. And I have another fantastic guest coming on today. And this interview was an absolute blast. I had so much fun with Lauren. She's open, honest, raw, funny. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to get lots of takeaways and tips and suggestions on how to improve your life. As you heard at the beginning there, Lauren talks about herself and how she's open and honest. And I wanted to leave that, leave you hanging there just a bit so you could tune in. But I really feel like this show has so much information and so much life-changing tips and topics here. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. Sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring More... Excuse me, exploring mind and body. We have Lauren here. You heard all about her in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. Super excited to have you on. We're talking about your book, Maybe It's You. Maybe it's you. (laughs) I love your title. I love your title because I think so many times we can look at everyone else but ourselves. Yeah, that is really not the problem, right? The problem is not how we can point. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's how that pointing doesn't seem to change anything. And it really doesn't. Like, it doesn't do uh-huh. any anyone any good to always be like, well, it's your fault, not mine. Well, yeah. yeah, you never have to go, maybe I picked you. <laughs> like, what do you, like, wait a minute, how'd you get here? How'd you get in my scene? Right. right. <laughs> Lauren, before we get into those details, tell us about yourself. Like, tell us about, give us a, our audience a chance to resonate with you, what you're doing and how you got into this. Let's see. I am a very happily married woman for, um, I think we're on 19 years. I have three kids from 15 down to nine. Uh, so that is a very fun part of my personal life. And then I've been doing coaching since I was about 28 years old and I'm turning 48. So you've been so, doing it for a while now. I, I win the award of 20 years, yo. <laughs> like I might, I might have some credentials by now. You right? stuck with it. 
<laughs> I I am addicted to um, figuring out how to make people happier. Very addicted to it. Well, you know, I'm a bit of an evangelist. Like, you know, wake up and I'm a, and I'm upset about certain things, and then certain things I have tap. Like, I want to go fix them. Like, yeah, it's a it's an open frontier. If I'm upset about this, I should do something about it. And one of the things I was most upset about growing up is no one talked about real life in education. Like, where is it? Where is someone talking about how to handle your parents, how to have conversations, how to figure out what you want, how to anything about what's really important, how to love, how to, you know, anything, right? How to deal with your alcoholic father, right? So where, where is that book? Or how come we're not learning anything about real life? And then I was like, oh my God, that is the open frontier. So I've been committed to getting into high schools, junior highs and college for my entire career, right? And I've been successful at kind of, my joke is slipping in the back door so I could eventually walk in the front door, <laughs> right? Because nope, yeah, they weren't looking for me. <laughs> well, and I think that brings us to a great point because I think like anytime we start, we start a business, like everyone wants that. We want to help people. We want to find a way mm. to change the world. And we think that if we start our own business, everyone's going to come to us, which never happens. <laughs> no, no, that is not when I ultimately what I teach and I, I have a course on this, which is like, what are the ingredients to being a self-starter? And I'm sorry if you don't have them. I'm not going to like if you don't have them, you really need to face that because it's not going to turn out right? You're not going to, it's, you know, it's worse than if you hate going to the gym, you'll eventually figure it out for an hour. But this is like 60 hour weeks I'm offering you of, of an ability you either want to have or you don't. Right. And so if you're not out to bang on doors, you don't like to, you know, when I was 17 years old, I worked for Greenpeace. Like I was willing to go bang on doors. Right. So you better be an evangelist if you want to build something. And that's something you have to do. Like you have to be able to step outside your comfort zone and knock on doors. And I think it, it, it that helps in so many other areas of your life as well. Yes. Or figure out you're not that type and you're never going to be that type. And so then there's plenty of other ways to be happy. But don't be upset about those types exist and you're not one of them. What's one of the things that is most interesting or maybe most surprising when you go into these institutions where there's young minds and, and people that may, might have never heard the things that you're talking about or not really sure how to address them, these real life topics? It is the most stunning thing when people like, like by class number two, when, when someone's willing to stick their little neck out and tell the truth about something they're humiliated by or been through like the 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 offering of a truth that they've been walking around like you know they're going to the grave with that thing and they tell it and then the love or community that can then form and friendships that can form because people go intimate and then everybody else can so it's you know so when that happens in an environment like a school it those people still know each other. I still hear from them. This is like 10, 15 years later. There are communities that formed because of intimacy that these people would never have been friends before, right? They never cared. And then all of a sudden you start to connect on deep levels and it's possible, right? It's like, it's, it's a eureka moment for all of them. And so performing that eureka moment where intimacy and vulnerability and kind of messiness of being alive is the glue that opens up the 
best part of your life. That revelation is one of my favorite ones to, you know, donate to society. <laughs> so do you mean when when this is happening during a presentation or during a workshop or do you mean in an overall picture? When I teach in the, any of the classes, um, everyone's in a hot seat, right? So you will turn to the person next to you and explain how that exists in your own life, right? You, what do you hear? What do you see? What do you, right? Like, so I am, I cause, I'm, I curate conversations, right? I suggest an idea and I lay it out how I think it works. I give an, a self-deprecating example of myself. And then I'm like, yay, it's now your turn. Okay. So turn to the person next to you. Like, so everyone's going to do talking and thinking and then raise their hands and get someone to share what they, how this has ever happened to you. You should, the, one of the best scenes <laughs> in any of my classes is when we do lying, like the lies you were going to the grave with. And I do my list first and who I had to tell. And then I'll get another professor who's teaching it with me to tell theirs. And then before you know it, everyone is howling and throwing theirs <laughs> on the fire. Like, I feel like that's what society is, is about. It's like <laughs> you, you try to pretend the best you're the best person or the best person you want to be perceived as. Why is there so much? You know, it feels like to me that it would take it takes so much energy to like hide yourself and pretend you're someone else instead of just naturally enjoying who you are why is there so much why is there so much of that why why do people not want to share who they are it starts from the youngest age right so you know two siblings don't like each other what a shocker right like you showed up you took my attention you take my food right like who invited you to this house right you know and i'm supposed to love you and be nice to you and actually be happy you exist <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> right? The the beginning of lying, right? Like the beginning of your parents getting mad at you for not being nice or saying something nice or taking the toy because you could, right? So from the earliest of age, you know, we're getting domesticated to be fake, right? And then we don't kind of like eventually we learn like, uh, you know, if you take that, they'll take yours. If you hit them, they'll hit you back, right? Like that actually has lessons in it that the truth teaches, but the whole business of lying, right. And trying to get away, like, Hey, you're having a cookie. How many cookies did you have? And the kid, I, I remember the first time my daughter lied to me and had chocolate on her face, right? <laughs> like she doesn't, like she has no idea. I can see. Right? <laughs> yeah. She has no idea that she has chocolate on her face or that you can see right in front of you. Both. Nothing. <laughs> right. They just don't have that level of sense, right? Like they just don't understand the world yet at all, right? But boy, oh boy, she knows how to lie, right? How does she, like she knows how to go to sleep and she knows how to lie. It's in the same packaging, <laughs> That's right? Because there's no real consciousness to it, right? She's not like, let me trick my mommy and let me get away with this and let me not be honest and let me even pretend I know what my mother's thinking, right? Like, like that amount of intelligence that isn't happening in that moment. It's just straight to the lie. Right? How many cookies did you have? I didn't have a cookie. <laughs> right? Like, let's start over. <laughs> right? Like, hmm. come here. Can you smell this? Right? Can you see on your face? Come here, honey. Right? I remember that. And it was like I was moved at the species. Right? Moved. And so you think that. I mean, this is 
it's it's normal for us. Like from an early age, we, this it's, is just what we do. So now as adults, what's the difference? It's it's behaviorally built in for protection. Right. Like, why am I? Why is she lying? She doesn't want to get in trouble. She doesn't want to lose my love. She doesn't want to, you know, like it instinctively. We have many habit like ingrained behaviors that teach us to shame ourselves in our own inner dialogue and pretend we're good. Right. How are you doing today? Great. Really? Because, you know, (laughs) you just. You just ate a bag of Doritos. How are you? Like, really? Are you sure? Something must have been upsetting you. Five Doritos is more than enough. Right? Okay, ten. Why the whole bag? Right? And then there is no answer, and you're not even allowed to ask that question because now you're coming after. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing is postured. So when you get a chance to be in front of these people, maybe mm. open and honest for the first time. In years or in their lives. They don't even, it's even worse because they think they are. Right? Like you think integrity is not telling that person what you really are thinking. You think if I tell you, you look like you gained 15 pounds and you didn't sleep very well last night. Not that you didn't see it. But you think if you say that, that you're being rude. Right? You're, you're, You're going personal. You're making stuff up in your mind. Like you're not allowed to go there with it. Barely even your own wife. Right. So it's people will not say what they want in bed. People will not say what they want. People don't know how to talk about themselves because they're busy managing appearances, what other people want and think like the the amount of work we for how you don't tell the truth is I've been working on that for 20 years. And the worst part is people think they do tell the truth. And I imagine it starts with that responsibility. Like, like this is, we're in this situation because of ourselves. I think it's so easy to be like, it's every, like we talked about, it's everyone else's fault, but like I'm, I'm a victim of my circumstances, not in control. Yeah. So I do a bunch of work in the book about how there are very, you know, like my three, like there are three inner dialogues that are universal as far as I can tell. That if you can start to figure out your brand of these voices, one is the voice of the chicken, like the way fear runs you, right? That voice and how it talks to you, right? My joke is my, my nickname for my voice of fear, right? The chicken is the doom fairy, right? She visits, always predicts doom and basically lets me stay home, <laughs> right? Like, yay, right? So there's always, uh, and then the next voice is the voice of the brat, how, you know, I'll do it tomorrow, right? I don't have to. You can't make me. Leave me alone, right? Oh, I have that one. Spades. And then the last one is the way we, what I call weather report, which is the victim. A weather reporter can't control the weather, but only can like dress for the weather or tell you what, you know, you can expect. So we're always predicting not the best weather for ourselves, And then we have self premonitions, but we don't even notice that part, right? Like who me? I did not create that there are no men out in the world. I just am reporting back that I haven't had a really good date in two years, you know? (laughs) And then I go, how many dates have you been on? And you go four. And I'm like, maybe it's your numbers. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's, maybe you didn't, did did you wear that outfit? Right? Like, (laughs) you know, It's easy though, right? Like it, it, it makes it easy if it's not your fault. Like if I have no responsibility, 
for the situation, then then you don't have to change. You don't have to put in any effort in. It it really leaves you in your yeah. It like you can be a sheep, right? Like you know, you can either be a leader or you can be one of the herd, right? Like you're out there, you're an outlier, you're causing things in your own life. You're losing the weight. You're you're trying new things, right? You're out ahead, or you're one of the people who just feels like they're stuck and that that's the way life is, right? Enjoy your Netflix and stay stuck. That doesn't sound very good, does it? I don't sell that part very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, those. I mean, those. That's that's not the lifestyle that we want to live. We don't want to be. For the most part, <laughs> we don't want to be miserable, stuck on the couch watching Netflix every night. If you, if you want to be in a relationship, we have to do something to be in a relationship. Yeah, it's it's really deep too. So I, I also, you know, in the book, I go into some real heavy issues, right? And I start to teach how to connect the dots without with with a sense of humor by being able to understand that. Many people had alcoholic parents. Many people had divorce through Like many people have been through bad scenes that left you really victimized by many things, right? Like if you were really raised by an addict, the odds that you have some pattern of an addict in your life are like 100%, right? Did I, does that sound bleak? Yes. Okay, so now you're going to have to deal with how did your addict end up taking shape? Right. Or do you hide this? And what's your vices? Like, you know, how is that, you know, how's this in your life? And starting to be able to map, map lineage, like how, how what happened to you has something to do with your current reality and then how to take over your narrative, your life. So you don't repeat history in a negative way. It, that's the work of being alive. I can't lessen that risk. I can't tell you this won't be any work, but it's not as hard as you're making it out to be. We had a, a similar type of conversation at the dinner table the other night. We were talking about how as much as we don't, as much as we may not want to be like a parent figure, especially yeah. raising children, there's a lot of children coming into uh, the lives of our, our family. Um, mm. As much as we don't want to be, may not want to be like, a parent that raised us were exactly like them. <laughs> yes, I am. I, the, the, the trying to figure out how to not be an apple off the apple tree, right. Is, is not a good plan, right. The best plan is, you know, heirloom, right. Like how am I going to take what I was given and turn it into something special, right. Because it's like, you know, when personality traits come directly from your parents, right. And you may have a reaction you know, your dad was, you know, a chameleon and you're very conservative, but you literally have chameleons around, you have reactions to that, like everything is a reaction to, to the environment you were raised in. And the quicker you figure that out, the more you can take over those dials, right? But if you're still pretending you don't have those dials or that you're like, you've got your mom and dad's dials, like I, I know I do. Right. So then I can laugh at them and then I can do something about it directly. And it also happens to let you forgive and love your parents more, whether they're alive or dead. So in the in the book, I care very much about honoring the lineage, no matter how messy it was. 
honoring it in the name of it to love and forgive and accept, right? And really do all that work in this one life, especially if you have children, because they're coming for you. <laughs> it's, it seems like, well, I'm really, like, I'm really intrigued, like interested in the, like being honest with yourself or talking about the things that you would never talk about. It sounds mm-hmm. like almost everything re- revolves around that. Like you, you have to get to the truth. And if you continue to hide it or hide from it, you, you're never going to get to, never going to get the answers that you're talking about here. Uh, it's amazing what telling the truth does. Like I, I have ne- to this day, I am still like in awe of one conversation you tell the truth no matter how it goes but what it changes it's like a you know if you ever played pac-man it's like you eat the super thingy right like that ball of energy it it changes the course of history right going back and and telling the truth even apologizing for something even whether they forgive you or not what that does like you know it's in aa it's making amends but like doing it for your own life for the correction of who you are and that everyone mattered or that past mattered so i i did the the ultimate walk of shame uh, you know so how i was a liar honestly everyone brace yourselves um i cheated on pretty much every boyfriend i ever dated and i dated a lot Okay. And you go, did your daddy cheat? And I go, yes. Right. Did he eventually tell a little, right? And then what did you do? I stopped. The way I stopped cheating was I made a list of it. Everyone I cheated with, no one knew, none of them. I was friends with them. It all was clean as a whistle. Right. And I went back and basically got my karma delivered to my face. Right. And uh, my, my line is I was, I think only two men didn't forgive me. Um, or understand or still be my friends. I'm still holding out. But nonetheless, what that changed in me was this compulsion to be a cheater or even never be satisfied with anyone I was with disappeared. Like it was like I was free. Like, and I felt it. And everyone has chains of how they lie and has never cleaned it up, right? Even if you're just nicer than you wish you were, right? Like, I'm not that nice, but I'm nice to all these people. I don't even like them, right? Like, what do you do, right? So, like, no one understands that their lying or faking is impacting how much they love and respect or feel alive. And that's one of the things I'm, like, desperately trying to sell you to do in the book. So if someone could like wants to get started, like they, they want to find a way, if some, one of our listeners picks up your book or, or is thinking about it, how can they get started? Like what's the first they can, thing they can do to reveal some, some untruths in their lives? The, the, what happens immediately in the book is the book is like the artist's way. It, it has assignments all the way through. Right. And it and examples of other people doing it so you could see it. So even if you didn't do it, you could, you know, learn it. But if you actually take the time to do the assignments, what you will find is it, you know, now I'm going to sound hokey, but it is the when you sit down and you get just the right assignment, like just the right question, you're you and your soul are sitting down discussing the rest of your life. 
right? You're, when I ask you to write down your dreams, right, I break life out into 12 different areas. And I ask for your vision or dream in each of those 12 areas. And then I ask you to rate your current life against that dream and explain why you gave it that rating and what you think is between you and getting a 910 in that area. And then lo and behold, like all the vomit comes out. I can't, you can't, it's not, right? Like, and you, people can barely dream, right? Because you haven't had a great sex life. And uh, why would you have one now? And you're 48, right? Like, huh? Right, so you find your own cynicism and then you can start to have a really good cry. Like, you gave up, it's you. Or you sold out, look at these excuse. like look at the theories you wrote down that you believe in, you're perpetuating these, right? So I switch on, I switch it on you immediately, right? So it goes deep and then it's really a relationship between your higher and your lower self, right? And it, yeah, it really is. It's awesome. I recommend it. <laughs> I still do it. I do it every year. Do you know I write down my dreams every I, I have to do my own homework every year. You do it in January at the begin, beginning of the year, end of year? I do an end of, yeah, I I do it in the November to the end of December period and then I always have a very special New Year's um where I have a big bonfire and we burn and we also do I'm so hokey I really do all the self-help stuff. Um we have a a huge party where everybody comes and collages, right? And I mean it's like serious collage party. <laughs> and um and we're going to create a collage of what we're burning from last year, like ugh, get rid of this stuff and what we're creating for the new year and then everyone brings back last year's New Year, right? And then so we all are like in a constant state of being each other's witnesses, right? And really listening for each other's dreams coming true. I, I love a good community, right? Like so I build communities and need them to live in. So anyway, that's what I that's how I do it. And the rough and roughly the same people come back every year to participate. One, the the rule is once you've been invited, you're always invited. And then, no, it always gets, like, it always flo ebbs and flows. It's like Burning Man, right? Like, some people come this year, some people come the next year, but then there's the people who are there every year. <laughs> yeah. Sounds very cool. Have you ever been to Burning Man? I have not. I've always wanted to, but I think uh, I need to to make a, make, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I need to get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a great camp, and it's a life coaching camp. You coach also, don't you? Yep. Yeah, well, you can, you can, it's, you know, Burning Man is a working, like everybody's giving away their gifts, right? It's a working society of giving it away. And so you can come, you can come. We have, a, we, we run a life coaching camp there. That would be awesome. So. Lauren, tell us, uh, before we wrap things up here uh, about your book, where they can get it, more details about your website maybe, or where they can access it, or how, not where. So, <laughs> app, sure. Um, so the name of the company is uh, Handel Group, H-A-N-D-E-L Group, G-R-O-U-P dot com. And on my website, right, there is everything from a consultation, if you want a private coach, to an online course where there's a community and everyone's doing sessions together and listening. And then there's this whole digital world that's called Inner You. And then if you want to get my book, you can get it on Amazon, um, 
you guys have Amazon, right? Amazon has taken over the world, right? Um, <laughs> we have Amazon in Canada. Uh, Woohoo! Okay, so Amazon has my book, but maybe it's you and Lauren Zander will get you to all the links you could ever need. And then we have, you know, we've been writing articles and we have a newsletter. We have a great newsletter that comes out and we make sure, I make sure I have really fresh content that, you know, that's very like people really love it so there, there's just a lot of giveaways and a way to stay connected to us and we can find your newsletter and other details on your website there on yes thank you <laughs> yes on the website is uh is everything and we'll want you know everything for the rest of your life that you could ever need for self-help and then we, <laughs> we feature other people we, we're teaching as much as we possibly can all right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in to the end and being our part of our True Form Life community through your downloads, shares, reviews, everything that you do to contribute to the show. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. And we want to thank all the stations we're on all over, wherever you listen to this, whether it's a podcast, whether it's on terrestrial radio. Again, we appreciate you being here. Uh, real quick, all past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. So if you ever miss a show, you can always go back and listen to past shows. We always we also have an app on any Apple device. So you can also download the app, take the show with you wherever you go so you never miss a show. Uh, real quick about our monthly membership. We do, month, we do meal plans, recipes, grocery shopping lists, and more exclusively for Exploring Mind and Body listeners. Your first month is only a dollar if you want to come in and check it out and see what we have going on so we certainly love to have your support and see and work with you inside the group as well so once again i'm going to leave you with that thank you so much for being here that's it that's all i got i'm out of here as always i'm your host drew tadia in health and fitness for a better world thanks for listening You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.